Hello, hello, everyone. This is your host, Akhil Jabbar, and welcome back to another episode of School of Startups, where we talk to successful tech entrepreneurs on how to start and scale their businesses. In today's episode, we'll be talking about how you can start implementing AI in your marketing campaigns. Today, we have our guest, Eric Varden, joining us. Eric is an accomplished AI tech entrepreneur and advisor with more than 20 years of experience and success in different verticals such as marketing, advertising, health and wellness, fashion technology, and the digital industries. Eric's broad areas of expertise include brand development, digital strategy, entrepreneurship, leadership, and growth. Most notably, Eric is the co-founder of Arcane, which is a digital marketing and advertising agency where under Eric's leadership, they grew from zero to 15 million in just six years, which we'll talk about today. Currently, he holds equity positions in multiple rapidly growing organizations and is focused on his current game-changing machine learning and AI tech venture called Morpheo. So Morpheo is an AI-driven anomaly platform built for advanced marketers described as the first marketing security software, where it integrates your marketing data in one platform and delivers insights from landing page health, marketing and AI anomalies, segmentation, budget recommend recommendations, and many other marketing and analytics anomalies. So welcome, Eric. Hopefully that was a good introduction and I'm glad to have you on SaaS District today. Yeah, thanks, Akil, for having me. Appreciate it. Looking, looking forward to chatting. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I want to hear that story you talked about uh, where you built that agency. So you, uh, starting Arcane, you went from $0. I believe you started that in a basement with a, a friend or a partner to $15 million, uh, 40,000 square feet building, three offices across the country, and... Uh, all within six years. Yeah, <clears throat> excuse me. It was uh, it was it was a crazy time. We're we're still in, in the building. Uh, John and I, uh, ironically, both have a floor to ourselves, uh, and and often do sit on separate Zoom meetings, even though we're <laughs> only a floor away. So, but yeah, that, it was a it was a crazy ride, and um, you know, we we actually started the business uh, on the outset of the last downturn in through 2010. So as the economy started to recover. Um, clients and brands were really looking for a return on their ad dollars and in, in, in accountability and traceability in terms of where the, those monies were going, um, which weren't really you know questions or uh, or comments you you would hear before uh, before the downturn. And so we kind of rode that wave and brought in uh, tech in uh, in the development side and, and SEO and well ultimately we're just accountable to results and. Uh, our clients saw on average $15 out for every dollar they put in, and it became a pretty simple business model. Do what we say we're going to do, get a return, and then continue to compound that. And that's how we kind of rode the wave, grew with our current client base, and then we're able to bring in net new clients on top of it. And yeah, that was that was the growth. Nice. And what was your agency focused on? So you said SEO, a little bit of paid advertising. Was there certain verticals or size of businesses you were working with, or just kind of a, a broad range? Uh, mainly, it started out mainly as any lead gen business that had a, a traditional media budget, which that weren't really doing much in the digital space. And then we would piece together the, the quickest strategy that we could to turn on any kind of paid performance, usually at that point, Google ads, Bing uh, at the time, um, just to get them started, get tracking, get leads flowing into their CRM. 
um, and then prove that the investment was providing a return and, and, and probably for the majority of them who had never really seen live data to be able to see that traceability week over week, month over month, et cetera, uh, became you know, quite addictive to them. And, and so we, we employed pretty much every tactic under the sun uh, up, you know, up until today, of course, in, in enabling uh, our, our agency to grow meant bringing in new special specialists uh, in areas that we, we didn't offer. And that just, you know, made the returns that much more uh, deep, albeit mm-hmm. as more competitors and in, in the landscape changed, uh, the returns maybe weren't as great, but in many cases still were, you know, far bo- above anything else that they had done previously from a, an investment and marketing perspective. Makes sense. And did you guys raise any external capital for that? Was that completely bootstrapped, you know, using revenue to keep fueling the growth? It was a hundred percent bootstrapped, um, and I think the funny part was that, as you know, we mentioned do, doing and, and dipping our toes in many other businesses. You know, we we really wanted to start the business to fund other uh, investments, like most uh, like most service side uh, businesses do, um, and we did. And so, a lot of profit went out the door to you know projects and and startups that you know ultimately failed. Uh, but we were still able to to really grow the business on, on the heels of a few fantastic clients. And then, you know, one, after a few years go by and you realize you need to put the focus in, in the main thing that is driving your success, um, that really allowed us to to, to rapidly grow from uh, from there and, and then limited our uh, investment opportunities uh, uh, for, for a few years while we focused on profit and growth. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, and then can you tell us about your decision at that point on deciding to build Morpheo? So... Uh, from you know how the idea took form, how you validated the uh, the market early on, and why you decided to step down as a CEO, um, as you know if you were doing 15 million in revenue at that point, what was the decision there? Yeah, so I mean I'll start there again. We're as entrepreneurs solely in in, in sort of tech nerds and, and loving the process of building the product and executing on the product. We we are not and and were not um, and and maybe lucky enough to have great advisors, but we we knew what we were good at and we also knew what our strengths were not. Leading the company efficiencies pro- process, you know, the financial focus, um, you know, building in the processes underneath around uh, around people and leading the people. Um, was not something that we had a lot of experience in. And, and so we, we looked at moving aside so that we could bring in leaders that that was their core competency so that we were all left to do what we do best. Um, and so that was the reasoning behind that. And, and many, many people you know, think what we did was a, a little crazy early on, but it actually gave us enough time to coach and train and educate each other on what we do best. And, and it's, it's allowed us for great partnerships and, and great growth. And, and also the transition, uh, most often it's very difficult to, to do, specifically mm-hmm. for founders to, to get out of the way. Mm-hmm. Um, I think early on in the business of, uh, of agency, we realized that there weren't any profitable, or profitable affordable tools that were enterprise-rich that we could afford as a as an SMB agency or an SMB marketing group, um, we did a lot of investigation, a lot of looking into what our uh, inefficiencies were from an operational perspective, and just couldn't find software that moved and, and shaped and looked like what what we did. Um, <clears throat> and I think that was really the initial infancy of of, of Morpheo, from a landing page tool. Uh, to more of a framework itself to allow us to build uh, websites um, smarter and faster, specifically for performance and not for 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 beauty first. Yeah. Um, to now what it is today, which is you know ultimately uh, protecting marketers and, and helping them grow. I mean that's why we started our business was to help our clients realize a return greater than they have ever seen before. But it also was at the detriment of people 
that were really stressed out, overanalyzing analysis of, of marketing data into the point where you just couldn't keep up. And so that's sort of where Morpheo came from was building an algorithm that could do a lot of that repetitive mundane work and then tell us when something was out of, out of whack uh, or from an anomaly perspective when something was falling outside of you know, what it was meant to be. So that was kind of how it all came together. Cool. So you're kind of scratching your own itch internally at the agency and you realize there's others that could probably benefit from it. Um, so I'm assuming you were probably f- fueling uh, the growth and development of the product using kind of the agency revenue. Um, what was the decision to raise? I think you raised a $1 million seed round, mm-hmm. um, especially you know, in Canada. It's a, little, a bit more challenging there. What was the process like there? Well, I mean, like anything, it was the first time that we, uh, we had raised the capital directly and, and we're fortunate enough to to fuel some of our other investments again through you know through through hard work and, and profit and, and our own money um but we knew what we had learned best from uh from some of the things that we had failed on through the service side was we needed strategic partners we needed the right team we needed uh you know obviously cash in, in the bank and we needed expertise and so we took a lot of the learnings uh, uh from other businesses and and started to to focus on the on the raise and finding a an angel that could give us the the runway to be able to really expedite the growth of the business um mm. and and it was a personal growth uh uh marker for me just going through and understanding the process of talking to family offices to private equity to angels and everything in between and, and i loved it and, and can talk about it at length any point in time um also understanding the pitfalls of it and uh and some of the things that you need to to look out for um and and yeah ultimately the 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 reason for for pulling it out and, and separating it was to have that core focus uh we did you know, and are fortunate here in Canada to, to have great funding from both the IRAP and, and Insert and, and Engage platforms early on for our business to be able to have uh, support through uh, through government programs. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also knew it wasn't going to be enough. And so that's ultimately where the, the, the cash came in was to really be able to formulate the team, the product and, and get into uh, the acquisition channels. Makes sense. And then, you know, speaking of the acquisition channels, uh, so for Morpheo, you have a million dollars now, you have expertise, you have an agency. Uh, what marketing strategies would you say have worked for you guys to date to reach the level of success so far? And how do you p- plan to allocate the capital you've raised to continue to grow? Yeah, first and foremost is to spend the money like you don't have it. Uh, mm. You know, we we run the business as cost effectively as humanly possible and, and, in, and inclusive of like most founders should should not be paid. And uh, and so I would, I would echo that as, as long and as hard as, as you can hold on. Um, you know, and, and so we are very uh, stingy when it comes to deploying too too quickly. So we know we're marketers. We it's it's easy to to turn on a, a campaign, and, and we're quite you know focused on it and smart about it in some respect. Um, but right now, we have very very small budgets across. After many many um, investigations on LinkedIn and a few others, we see great return in Reddit. We see great return on, in Facebook, uh, and we see fantastic return in display and some of the remarketing things that we're doing. Um, our biggest issue right now is conversion to, to customer from trial. Like most SaaS are dealing with what we mm-hmm. think our product does and where the value proposition is. And so we're, we, we know that we are going at a pace where we can properly have those conversations with customers. We're building uh, our next evolution of our, our product, which I'm happy to talk about. Um, mm-hmm. So we have a really good idea of what our metrics are and are not just going to spend in money or spend money to bring in leads uh, and prospects into a bit of a leaky bucket. So, you know, we, we still, we're very focused on the SEO side of content and, and building our mm-hmm. brand and, and really trying to own this marketing security 
space. It will then go into you know, sort of marketing growth and where our AI is going for that. Um, but again, it's really being 100% focused on what our numbers are, where we see a return, and then looking through Mixpanel, Analytics, and all the other tools that we have, uh, mm-hmm. and really trying to follow uh, where our customers see success. And then nine times out of 10, um, you know, we're talking with our customers at length to just really sh- are un- ensure that we are solving problems that each of them are having and not just you know, building a tool for ourselves. Cool. Right, are you able to share any of that, that data? Uh, if not, that's okay. You know, what, what is it kind of your cost per lead? What is your conversion ratio from, you know, uh, your page, you know, visitors to, to trial? And then, you know, you're saying your, your fall off is from the trial to paid and maybe just share some high level numbers there. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, I, I, I probably won't share too much of it, but sure. I'll give you a high level. I mean, ultimately it's, you know, we see right now about a trial user a day, um, okay. And, um, you know, ultimately there, we have currently a, a 14 day free trial, um, ultimately around 17 ish percent of those converts to, uh, to, to customers. And then there's some, you know, lag of how long they stay, which, you know, we only really started in April. So it, it's not a, a fact or a metric yet. Uh, we sure. do everything we can to just, you know, keep holding them on and we've got some great free, free tools and some sticky stuff to, to do that. But, you know, many cool. of the things that are, are, it's too early for us to say, but we know right away within that, the, that data that, um, the conversion, uh, itself is subjective and, and it isn't a marker as much as the amount of accounts that they're signing up, uh, the amount of times they log in, the amount of uh, the emails and the way that they're distributing the communication of the platform to themselves. And then are they setting up the KPIs of the engine uh, itself? So we have our own sort of micro metrics inside of what it is that they're doing, that that's really where, you know, we, we, we need to see some, some growth on. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's 100% our focus and our OKRs collectively across the, our small team, um, you know, are shared around uh, solely increasing the, the stickiness when it comes to those those pieces. So it's not bad. Seventeen percent is actually pretty decent. I'm assuming a lot of that will probably have to do with your your onboarding and and kind of your your focus there. Right? Yeah, and it's high yeah. it's high touch still, which is mm-hmm. not scalable. So that's sort of where you know with the amount of uh, of of sort of trial users at at this at this point, it's like the percentages you know will sway next week versus the week before. And so uh, it, it's it's really around decreasing the low touch side, creating more automation, easier onboarding, uh, time to value, all those kinds of things. And it just, it, it takes months and weeks to launch, deploy and test and redesign and, and build and launch and test and deploy. And so, you know, sure. that's kind of the patience part is you need, you need cash within the product to be able to have that patience versus the service side, which is, we'll just go get a bunch more clients and, you know, and then we can drive revenue that way. So it's a very different, uh, very different world and we're, we're, we're loving it. Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so suggest to you and also our audience that if that's kind of an issue on the onboarding side, check out Jeff Epstein from onboard.io. He also, had a, he also had a podcast on how to perfect it. Um, so he, had a, he did a really good job at Get Ambassador on how they set up their onboarding and had really good results there. So if you want to check it out, suggest you check that out. Um, so equally important is to understand, you know, the failures and tests that didn't work. I'm assuming you did deploy some capital maybe early on and maybe some tests you did that that didn't work as, as you hoped, even though you're marketers and experienced there. Can you share any growth strategies or stories that didn't work with Morpheo or any of your previous ventures? Yeah, I mean, I think we we looked at LinkedIn as, 
I mean, we did a bunch of growth hacking stuff, which I won't get into necessarily, but you know, you, <clears throat> you test and you try a whole bunch of different things. There was a period of time where I was using some specific growth hacking tools and, and using LinkedIn um, to generate what I thought was important in terms of interactions and impressions through my network and building my network and then creating content, and publishing it through that way. And, um, you know, no lift, no return, maybe some awareness, uh, yeah. you know, and, and people I know saying, Oh my God, how are you able to write all this content and, <laughs> and such? And so, you know, you, you take that and you, you pivot and you move it into more of a, 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 a focus. So then we pushed everything to the blog and started to create more of a, a richer SEO experience and then focus on more of a backlinking strategy to, 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 to deal with our organic and our, our SERP ranking, et cetera. And, you know, and so those are, one that's one example obviously we we did a bunch of tests from a paid perspective through linkedin knowing it would be expensive but figuring we would see you know some positive return etc didn't mm -hmm. uh at any point and then so just honestly every week testing and trying new things and some stay and some go away but uh i think surprisingly it's the the, the steadfast and true facebook you know um not much on the uh on the paid search side outside of branded but uh, we now are, are using our dollars fairly wisely on third-party research, creating, again, one of our reports called Agency Confessions, which talks about the amount of mistakes um, that, that the 301 agencies that we pulled make so that we can have conversation and create a campaign around what others are feeling and the other issues that are happening. Uh, and those examples are, you know, broken tracking and pixels and, and, you know, issues with budgets turning on too early or late or, or mistakes in the campaign, all this costing hundreds of thousands of dollars. That's an important thing to talk about because our software mm -hmm. solves all of those issues. Um, it's very, it's very easy to go think, just put up a bunch of ads and you'll, you'll get a return, but yeah. we actually need to speak to our customers. And I think that's what we learned through a bunch of mistakes is speak to them with the things that we know are causing them to stay up at night. Got it. So just to kind of reiterate, so you did try some organic LinkedIn or you attempted to build content there on your mm -hmm. platform. Um, also a bit of paid there to drive it back. It didn't work as well. And then you did focus to, you know, SEO on, on your own website and, and you are mm -hmm. seeing better results there, you'd say? Yeah. The, I mean, the SEO part is just, you know, foundational. It's it's a, it's yeah. also a part of what we believe and why we've built a few tool, uh, pieces of or features within our tool that do some interesting things, which of course we're, you know, we're, um, you know, we're, we're applying to, to Morpheo itself. But um, uh, being thought leaders, writing true content, we know has a long tail uh, opportunity for us. And yeah. We've invested probably over the last uh, 12 to 18 months in a lot of content that continues to drive good traffic. We're now moving into more of a referral focus um, in a whole bunch of other uh, kind of cool things. But yeah, the SEO is a, is a big one. And I would say the focus of you know, employing, in our case, HubSpot and creating efficiencies through Slack and through other tools to, to ensure that we're communicating properly and tracking all of those things um, is, uh, is a huge importance. And, and then overall, from an analytics and tracking perspective, we are, um, you know, highly bullish and, and, and quite focused on making sure that we are tracking absolutely everything, which is a full-time job within itself. Got it. So what would you say makes Morpheo different from some of the other digital marketing, you know, AI automation platforms? So I think some that come to mind are, uh, you know, Ali SEO. I think that one is they're trying to be Market Muse, I believe, has a bit of that. 
Um, yeah, I guess so, I know it's not completely the same, you know, features, mm-hmm. but I'm curious what you, makes you guys different from the other ones. Yeah, I mean, I think first and foremost is from a machine learning perspective. I mean, we're a small team of engineers with a few years of building our our algorithms, tested and proven, of you know, multi, multiple millions of dollars in in, in client, consumer, B two B brands, you know, across the globe, and so we're able to hone our algorithm over a few years and, and ultimately that is our biggest competitive advantage. Mm-hmm. Uh, any tool or software that's going to start and come out of the gates now is and has a difficulty uh, being able to attract the right data to prove that their algorithm works. Um, so overall kind of concept in terms of why our technology is proven, which I think is an important piece as anybody's looking at employing or starting or, or testing out any kind of software is to make sure that it's proven and the team behind it, you know, has the experience uh, to ensure that your data is being managed properly. Um, you know, ultimately from a features perspective, the anomaly detection of, you know, plug in your data, never have to worry about the analysis anymore, you know, give Morpheo your acquisition targets, your impression targets, et cetera. And, you know, f- remove yourself from having to go in, in and out of Facebook and Google and all these tools every single day. Let the machine handle that analysis so that you can be better and smarter. Um, our anomaly detection and our ability to, to, to crunch our algorithm, there just there aren't many that have um, those feature sets from an from anomaly perspective. Lots of tools out there that can do some really interesting SEO reporting, dashboarding, analytics software. Um, but our next evolution, which you'll see in early September around correlating this data and giving suggestions and opportunities for marketers to know what to do about how to increase their cost per lead uh, will really separate us. And, and we're, we're super pumped of where that uh, that part of our business is going. That's super cool. Um, who, who's your focus audience? Anyway, is it SMB? Are you focused on other agencies or are you more enterprise that, that are best using your, your product? So the, the funny thing, so our focus out of the gates was agencies because that's where our story came from it's why and we it's easily easy for us to identify especially through our early onboarding of high touch and having conversations and demoing and all those kinds of things and uh, we quickly found that marketing teams uh, are uh, all looking for the same thing we're all run the same way whether it's 10 20 50 or 100 of us in a brand or an agency we almost function collectively exactly the same um, and so we we serve uh, uh, mainly the SMB space, which is okay. again because it's affordable. We kind of call ourselves light enterprise. We're not uh, we're not expensive. We're we're actually quite cost effective uh, for for what you get. Um, so we have you know marketers and consultants that have a, a two person shop. We have we have agencies that are you know ten fifty or a hundred people uh, all over the globe. Um, and we have a, hu- a, a, a few huge international or, or multinational, um, you know, publicly traded businesses with with core brands within their group that use us for certain things. And hopefully that will, you know, expand into others. But the interesting thing I think that I've learned is that we're all the same. We're all using the same tools, maybe a little bit differently. We're run the exact same way. And our issue are all identical. And so hopefully that means that we can be agnostic, but we definitely are trying to keep low touch and not go up uh, up market too soon because we really want to provide great technology uh, at, a, at, a, at a low price point and going up market means that we're going to have to increase our prices and go against our, our beliefs with that. So we'll, we'll see what happens, but we love the SMB space. And we love with, with companies and, and brands that are scaling. Makes sense. Yeah, I also understand it's always easier to go from you know upper market than it is to go down market. So Yep. You're going the right way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so when any when you're building any machine learning model, I guess the quality of your data, the input that goes in is probably the most valuable asset to give you proper output. 
how do you ensure both that you need enough quantity of data and the quality of data is used for the analytics is, is there? And do you, do you measure like the margin of error from the user input that they attach to? Or? Yeah, so the, the best and sort of <clears throat> interesting part is that uh, Morpheo's only required connection is Google Analytics. And we, we do that as a measure of exactly that. If it's garbage in, it's garbage out, and nobody's going to see any value. So you have to have enough volume of performance or traffic and enough uh, awareness to have your Google Analytics you know, conversion uh, events and goals set up properly. Okay. Um, and functioning to be able to to monitor. We have a Shopify integration, whether it's e-commerce, lead gen, doesn't matter. Morpheo doesn't care. But that's our our own factoring to ensure that if that's set up properly, the rest is is up to Morpheo and the success of the business. So it's a little bit of how we gauge uh, the ability for 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 marketers to come in and know that they're going to see value in it. And and ultimately, because we were able to test and and, and you know monitor our algorithm inside agency and previous, we've already sort of tested it, but we knew if it was going to be bad data in, there wouldn't be any value. And so that's why we put that measure in through through the GA part. Mm. What's the minimum uh, traffic that typically will work well for, for the model? <clears throat> I mean, Morpheo works best in chaos and the more campaigns, mm-hmm. the more data variance ultimately is, 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 is where you're going to see value. So if you're a small brand and you know, you're getting a, a couple hundred visits a, a week or a month or something, there are features from an SEO perspective, budget tracking, all those little kinds of things you'll see value in from, from Morpheo's feature set. But ultimately, with the power of the anomaly detection means feed it as much data as you can, as many campaigns, as many as accounts, as many Google Analytics views. That's where you're really going to see the compound value of, of the platform itself. And so, you know, as we move to more of a freemium model where anybody can protect their budgets and their analytics and their data, the growth part of our, our platform will, will really add value to agencies and brands that are and have complex uh, campaign structures and uh, and huge needs from a data perspective. Got it. Um, so if I'm a SaaS marketer or founder of a tech company such as your, yourself, um, how should I even consider start using AI within my marketing planner budget? So if I have a team, an SEO team, somebody analyzing, somebody doing paid, but I want to use AI to you know automate a lot of that and remove kind of margin of error from human error, um, how do I even get started? I, I feel it's overwhelming. Well, I, I would say Google's your best friend, but I mean, um, there are so many great software uh, solutions out there <clears throat> and in communities to to kind of support it. But, you know, I would say there's also some in, uh, infancy in knowing exactly where to go. Um, I would say G2 probably continues to be the place where you can get a, a good sense of if you're a, if you're a platform in SaaS, you're going to be on on G2. If you're not, then that's a whole other problem. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think you usually start there to try to get some awareness of where you sit within your competitive side. Mm-hmm. Um, I go there and I look for uh, products that are, are recently deployed, and that's where I get a sense of what they're doing. And you know, I, I look for if they have you know low reviews. Uh, I, you know, you, you basically can can get a sense of maybe how um, how new they are. Why I like that is because. Generally, they're more cost-effective. They're testing. They're open to you know cost-effective ways to test or maybe some strategic partnerships. So, as any good SaaS you know person on a budget, you know if there's a a, a deal to to be had on both sides, then let's support each other and, and do that. I mean, you got to know what it is that you're looking for. Uh, when we first started, we were you know using some sort of growth hacking tools to work to make HubSpot work, and we found a few. Uh, a, a few pieces uh, out there that allowed us to kind of automate 
our, our LinkedIn lead gen to, uh, through a couple other little tools that would automate it into HubSpot and allow us to automate into Slack. And, and so we, we knew what we needed to do and we sort of searched for uh, functionality and, and, uh, and technology to help us with that. So know what your, the holes are that you're trying to look for. You got to be really hacky right now because most of us are still trying to build our awareness and credibility in, you know, in, in the sphere. Um, but I, I love to test and deploy and, and try new things. And I think you just got to be, you know, you got to be focused on uh, doing the digging to try to find them. So it makes sense. Uh, and right now, uh, as you see, kind of with your agency and with what you're building, your marketing is driven by people. Um, do you think it'll be shifting to AI and be completely automated? Or do you think it'll be a combination, you know, predictive plus human, maybe decision making and just the judgment, the final decision, like, okay, this is what it's telling me. And then I just said yes or no, and let's implement and basically, it's just like a simple answer like that, or what do you think there? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, first and foremost, the robots and machines are not coming to take our jobs, and, and we, <laughs> we 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 as an AI company solely believe um, our our mission statement ultimately is to uh, create freedom for marketers to be more awesome and happy. Um, our vision statement is really centered around a world where automation, creativity, and predictive analytics can all live symbiotically. So. For us, it is use machines in the best way that they can, remove the mundane, uh, anything that is repetitive, create a machine that can do it, and allow us as humans to be able to be free to creative problem solve and to do what we do best, which is you know think and process. We will always need to educate and inform and train the machines to do what we need them to do. Mm-hmm. You know, but in terms of the compound effect of data and the pace and the speed of which marketing specifically and, and, and technology is moving, we have to use machines. We have to accept uh, the fact that they need to live within our strategy, our AI strategy. And if you don't have one, deploy or think about what that looks like to deploy. But absolutely, absolutely, I look at it as if we can free up time and if we can ultimately do what we do best, then the machine side of machine learning and AI will actually allow us to be happier and, and, and more free to do the things that we love to do. And to me, I take a positive approach on it, but that's, mm-hmm. that's, what, that's the way I look at it. Okay, so there's a lot of new solutions of these, you know, predictive marketing softwares being built. I'm showing up to the office as a CMO. What's what's your take on how my job looks like, or the future of marketing looks like? What am I doing there? Yeah, I mean, I think it takes the ability to accept that machines are going to do a better job of crunching data, that that's not rocket science, but it is embracing it and, and learning it. I am I'm not an engineer. I am not going to sit here and tell you that I understand half of what uh, our, our doctor of machine learning, Nima Builds, uh, even <laughs> though every week or so we spend time on, you know, what's new in AI and, and how does our algorithm work, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I, I know enough to be dangerous, but I've also spent my time learning and accepting and understanding how it functions within my environment of, of the business. And I think any other CMO needs to do that. Um, from an industry perspective, you're going to start to see a huge amount of consolidation across uh, uh, tool providers um, and uh, in solutions. So with reporting, data analytics, uh, CRM, et cetera, et cetera, there's going to be a lot of acquisitions and I believe a lot of consolidation uh, of bringing those together because it is not, it's too fragmented and so it needs to, to, to be holistically built together. That's going to take some time, but sure. in the future, it will be one organism that has a multifunction underneath of all of the things that you're going to do. And it's going to mean that your team of humans is going to be also doing different things. 
So I, I have a, a rough idea of what I think that looks like, but I, I still think we're at a, our, our infancy. So for right now, getting our hands dirty as a CMO, playing with these tools, understanding what they do is, is a big one. I would say the other thing is don't expect the machine to do everything for you. There's definitely some expectations around, well, if I turn on something like Morpheo, it's going to solve all my problems. Well, I mean, at some point in the long distant future, maybe that's the case, but marketing is actually more complex than ever. Mm -hmm. um, and we know what it takes to launch a campaign to be able to monitor that is going to mean that as we as CMOs actually need to get our hard and soft skills back in alignment. So a little bit of, of what I think is going on there. Makes sense. And what is the, the rest of 2020? What are some features you guys are excited about adding on? Yeah, so I think I touched on it briefly, but we've mm -hmm. spent the last sort of year on this notion of protecting your spend and your budgets and your campaign performance and, you know, tell me when my cost per acquisition is out of line. Uh, what we've realized is there's a lot of noise that comes with that. And mm -hmm. in terms of the noise, it's okay, you're, you're, you're protecting me and I'm seeing that them, them seeing these anomalies, but now what do I do about it? And so our next mm -hmm. evolution is all about, here's the correlation as to why your acquisition and targets are, are up or down. Here's what's going on across all of your channels. So now you don't have to log in and out of each of those to find that information. And also we're, we're, we're providing a suggestion engine to say, here's the things that you could perform. And what we're really excited about is there's a feedback loop uh, where we're going to provide our users to be able to say, so you know, this is how Eric would actually, I don't, I don't agree with what Morpheo is telling me. I could, and, and maybe I agree with two or three of them, but what I'm going to do is X, Y, Z. And we want to be able to store and create that feedback loop so that Eric mm -hmm. can inform other marketers of what he would do or what, uh, 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 in terms of execution and solving those problems. And, and that's ultimately where we believe our tool will go is to create a, 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 an entire feedback loop of suggestions and, and an engine that will actually drive even faster uh, opportunities for, for campaign success and growth. So super, super excited about that. Makes sense. You're using the feedback and the data to improve the neural network and learn better, I guess. Makes sense. And exactly. does it connect yeah. with uh, Facebook as well? Facebook ads, Instagram ads? Yeah. Yep. It so our, our main, yeah, our main connections exactly as well as Microsoft, uh, and, uh, advertising in LinkedIn too. So, and we're adding new connections all, all the time outside of Shopify and, and a few others. So, yep. Excellent. Um, so last question, I know you mentioned in the interview, you'd like of uh, Rand Fishkin to read some of that questions he had on on there. We actually have Rand joining us on SAS District on an episode next week, mm -hmm. so I'm actually be interviewing him. Um, so he has a very interesting product similar to you guys with SparkToro that he launched mm -hmm. a couple years ago. Are there any questions you'd like to ask him? I'll pass it towards him. Well, it's funny because when I was reading uh, or listening, I guess, to uh, Lost and Founder, I was going through my own uh, my own process of of raising raising capital, and it was it was a great bit of timing. Um, it was a great bit of timing because I was going down a sort of multi seed raised approach, and and a whole bunch of other things I won't get into, but it was. Uh, you know, I had some feelings of the, the, the market and, and sort of what I was hearing from investors and it just didn't make sense to me. And his book actually helped shape a lot of what it is that, that I was trying to accomplish and thinking in a very uh, succinct way. So my only, my only question maybe for, um, you know, for him is that if, if, he, if he started up a, a, a new company uh, again, I would love to know you know, what's next. And it sounds weird because you just launched SparkToro, but I think mm. as an entrepreneur in the space, there's always something going on. So I want to know, I'm sure there's something there. So I want to know what, what's next for him, which again, okay. seems weird, but if you can yeah. ask him that. 
Sure. Hopefully, we'll you. probably say like, I got too much going on. I don't want to talk. Yeah, about yeah exactly. Yeah. Okay, I'll throw it out there and see what he says. Sure. Awesome. Cool. Uh, last question, I guess, where can our audience get in touch with you, Eric, and uh, learn more about Morpheo? Yeah, I mean, morpheo.ai, M-O-R-P-H-I-A.ai. Um, but LinkedIn, I'm, I'm fairly active. I'm always there. So Eric Farden, V's and Victor, A-R-D-O-N, just find me on LinkedIn. And happy to chat. I love connecting and, and meeting other uh, uh, SaaS marketers, SaaS builders. Um, open to chat. And so find awesome. me there. Yep. Thank you so much, Eric. We'll put those in our show notes and people can connect with you. All right. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Thank you all for joining us on today's episode. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave a comment on iTunes or Spotify. If you'd like to learn more about entrepreneurship, make sure to check out our School of Startups videos on YouTube as well. Until then, see you guys on the next episode.